Chapter 3 Amy Gahill thought she had the most annoying little brother on the planet and that was before he almost got her killed It all started when Mr McIntyre read their grandmother's will and showed them the video Amy sat there in shock She found herself holding a green slip of paper worth 1 million dollars a challenge a dangerous secret what was going on she stared at the blank projector screen she couldn't believe her grandmother would do something like this the video must have been made months ago judging from the way grace had looked seeing her on the screen like that had stung amy worse than stalled slit in a cut stalled in a cut okay i was right Seeing her on the screen like that had stung Amy worse than salt in a cut. How could Grace have been planning something this huge and not have warned them in advance? Amy never expected to inherit much. All she wanted was something to remember Grace by. A keeps keepsake, maybe one piece of a beautiful jewelry. Now this she felt completely lost. It didn't help that Dan was jumping around like he needed to go to the restroom. It didn't help. One million dollars. He squeaked. Squeaked. One million dollars. He squeaked. I could get a Mickey Mantle rookie card and a Babe Ruth 1994 1914 His tie was crooked which matched his crooked grin he had a scar under one eye from when he'd gone commando raiding at 7 and fallen on his plastic AK47 That's just the kind of little demon he was but what Amy really resented was how comfortable he seemed like all these people didn't bother him Amy hated crowds she felt like everyone was watching her waiting for her to make a fool of herself sometimes in her nightmares she dreamed she was at the bottom of a pit and all the people she knew were staring down at her laughing she tried to climb out of the pit but she could never make it right now all she wanted to do was run up to grace's library close the door and curl up with a book she wanted to find saladin grace's egyptian mau and cuddle with him but grace was dead and the poor cat who knew where he was now she blinked tears out of her eyes thinking about the last time she'd seen her grandmother you will make me proud amy Grace has said they'd been sitting on Grace's big four-poster bed with Saladin pouring next to him to them Grace had shown her a hand-drawn map of Africa and told her stories about the adventures she'd had when she was a young explorer Grace had looked thin and frail but the fire in her eyes was as fierce as ever the sunlight turned her hair to pure silver I had many adventures my dear but they will pale next to yours Amy wanted to cry how could Grace think that Amy would have great adventures 
she could barely master enough courage to go to school every morning. I could get a ninja sword, Dan kept babbling, or a Civil War cyber. Dan, shut up, she said. This is serious. But the monkey... <laughs> oh! <laughs> but the money I know she said but if we took the money we'd need to keep it for college and stuff you know how Aunt Beatrice is Dan frowned like he'd forgotten he knew good well that Aunt Beatrice only looked after them for Grace's sake Amy always wished Grace had adopted them after their parents died, but she hadn't. For reasons she never explained, she pressured Beatrice into being their guardian instead. For the last seven years, Dan and Amy had been at Beatrice's mercy, living in a tiny little apartment with a series of au pairs. Beatrice paid for everything, but she didn't pay much. Amy and Dan got enough to eat and a new set of clothes every six months. But that was it. No birthday parties, no birthday presents, no special treats, no allowance. They went to regular public school and Amy never had extra money to buy books. She used the public library or sometimes she'd hang out at the second-hand bookshop on Boylston, where the staff knew her. Dan made a little money on his own trading collectible cards. But it, was, it wasn't much. Every weekday for seven years, Amy had resented Grace for not raising herself, raising them herself. But every weekend, Amy just couldn't stay mad at her. When they came to the mansion, Grace gave them undivided attention. She treated them like the most important people in the world. Whenever Amy got up the courage, to ask why they couldn't stay with Grace all the time, Grace just smiled sadly. There are reasons, dear. Someday you will understand. Now Grace was gone. Amy didn't know what Aunt Beatrice would do. But they would definitely use money. It would mean they'd have some independence. They could get a bigger apartment, maybe. They could buy books whenever they wanted and even go to college. Amy was desperate to go to Harvard. She wanted to study history and archaeology. Her mom would have liked that. At least, Amy hoped she would have. Amy knew so little about her parents. She didn't even know why she and Dan carried their mother's maiden name, Kahil, when their dad's last name had been Trent. She'd asked Grace about it once, but Grace had only smiled. It's how your parents wanted it, she said. But the stubborn pride in her voice made Amy wonder if it had really been Grace's idea for them to carry the Kahil name. Amy had trouble remembering her mother's face or anything about her parents before the terrible night they died. And that was something Amy tried hard not to think about. Okay, then said slowly, so I'll spend my my million on my collection. You can spend yours on college. And everybody is happy. 
Amy felt heartsick. Arguments were breaking out all over the room. The holes looked like they were conducting a combat exercise. Senior Starling was holding Senior Starling was holding her brothers Ned and Ted apart so they wouldn't strangle each other. Irina Spaxi was talking in rapid-fire Russian to that kid from the reality TV show Jonah Wizard and his dad, but from the way they were staring back at her, it was obvious they didn't speak Russian. Angry voices filled the great hall. It was like they were tearing up Grace bit by bit, squabbling over her inheritance. They didn't care at all that Amy's grandmother had just passed away. Then, Somebody right behind her said, You'll decline the challenge, of course. It was Ian Cabra with his annoying sister Natalie at his side. Despite herself, Amy's stomach did a little somersault because Ian was very good looking. He had gorgeous dark amber eyes and a perfect smile. He was 14, same as her, but he dressed like a grown-up in a silk suit and tie. He even smelled good, like clove. Amy hated herself for noticing. Recording on, you know? Ah, the way you are looking. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Okay, now this is Ian. I want you to read like Ian. You play Ian. Kahan? 30 lakh hai number uske niche. I would be sad Haan. or something. Normally, no? Yeah, in a very sophisticated tone. <laughs> Recording chalu hai, yaar. I would be sad if something happened to you, Ian Pearl. And you so need the money. Natalie put her hands to her mouth Jorki and mocked surprise. She looked like a... And you so need the money, ye aapka hai. Natalie uski bhen. Wo malak atam... दोनों अलग-अलग टोन में बोल दे दोनों को नाटली है वो ना I think I should stop it वरना वो बहुत बड़ी रिकॉर्डिंग I would be sad if something happened to you Ian purred and you so need the money Natalie put her hands to her mouth in mock surprise she looked like a life-size doll in a satin dress Luxurious satin. satin dress. Her luxurious black hair swept over her She looked like a she looked like a life-size doll in her satin dress. Her luxurious black hair swept over one shoulder. Natalie Natalie 
थोड़ा लाइट आवाज से पढ़ो ना लाइट आवाज हो दोनों एक ही एज के तू पढ़ कुछ भी वो इसके अंदर गंदी है या तो वैसे बोलना फिर तो मैंने वैसे बोला ना क्या बोला चलो दैट्स राइट इन दे आर पुअर I kept forgetting. It seems so odd we are related, doesn't it? Amy felt herself blush. She wanted to say something, sketching, in reply, but her voice wouldn't work. Oh yeah, Dan said. Well, maybe we are not. Well, maybe we are not related. Maybe you're. Mutant aliens because real kids don't dress like bankers, banker, bankers and stop. You read it again. Cha, cha, कर रहे हैं रयान. Dan मुझे ठीक से read करना. No, you can't because Rayan is fit for Dan. The way he reads it is amazing. मुझे अच्छा लगता है. Oh yeah, Dan said. Oh yeah, Dan said. Well, maybe we are not related. Maybe you are mutant aliens because real kids don't dress like ba- bankers and fly around in their daddy's private jet. Ian smiled. You misunderstood me, dear cousin. We are very happy for you. We want you to take the money, have a wonderful life, and never think about us again. Grace, Amy managed, hating that her voice wouldn't cooperate. Grace would want would you, would want you to risk your lives. Hey, Ian, Ian, Ian. Okay. Grace would have the boyfriend. Grace would want. Tone, tone. Ko change kar. Thoda bhari. Thoda kam. Yeah, g- g- Grace. Usi ka. Amy bol rahi hai wo. Amy bol rahi hai. Because he she couldn't speak in front of Ian. तो ग्रेस हाँ और जब तू ये इन के बारे में बोलेगा ना तो एन इन थोड़ा सोफेस्टिकेटेडली सरकेस्टिकली बात करता है तो गेट दैट वॉइस आउट रीडिंग के स्टाइल्स हाँ दैट इज डन एमी इज डन बेड अभी इन का जो वो है वुड वॉन्ट यू वुड वॉन्ट यू टू रिस्क योर लाइफ वो ग्रेस का कंप्लीट कर रहा है जो एमी बोलना चाहती है ना वो सेंटेंस को कंप्लीट कर रहा है सो कंप्लीट ग्रेस एमी ने बोला है वो पूरा उधर तक एमी ने बोला अब यार उसको कंप्लीट कर रहे हैं ओके ग्रेस एमी मैनेज्ड हेटिंग दैट हर वॉइस वुडेंट कोऑपरेट द ग्रेस वुड वांट वुड वांट यू टू रिस्क योर लाइव्स यान सप्लाइड हाउ डू यू नो डिड शी टेल यू अबाउट दिस कंटेस्ट शी वॉज प्लानिंग Neither Amy nor Dan answered. I see," Ian said. "That must be terrible. Thinking you were Grace's favorite and then being left in the dark like that. Perhaps you weren't as important to the old woman as you thought, eh?" Now, Ian, Natalie chided. Perhaps Grace just knew they weren't up to the challenge. It sounds quite dangerous. Natalie smiled at him. We'd hate to see you suffer a painful death, wouldn't we? Ta-da!
The cobras drifted off through the crowd. Tata. Tata. Dan Mikut. The cobras drifted off through the crowd. Tada! Dan. Me mixed. Me mixed. Okay. First, the the cobras drifted off through the crowd. Tata Dan mixed. Mimicked. 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 The cobras drifted off through the crowd. Tata Dan mimicked. What losers? Part of part of Amy wanted to chase down the cobras and hit them with a chair, but part of her wanted to crawl under a rock and hide. She'd wanted so badly to tell them off, but she didn't even have, but she hadn't even been able to speak. They're talking. The, they're taking the challenge. She muttered. They're taking the challenge. She muttered. Well, da Dan, Dan said, "What's another two million dollars to them? They can't afford to give it up. They were threatening us. They don't want us involved." Maybe they. Maybe they. Maybe they'll. Well done. Well done. What's another two million dollars to them? They can't afford to give it up. They were threatening us. They don't want us involved. Maybe they suffer a painful death. Dan muscle. I wonder what the treasure is. Away. And I wonder what. Dan mused about. Dan mused. I wonder what the treasure is. Anyway. I wonder. I wonder what. कंसंट्रेटेड हूं मैं कंसंट्रेटेड नहीं हो तो हाइपर है चलो चलो शांत बैठ हम्म चलो तू कहानी के साथ चल तुझे बराबर 
Does it matter? Oh, okay. I saw. I wonder what the treasure is anyway. Exactly. Okay. Sahab, Sahab. Dan mused. I wonder what the treasure is anyway. Does it matter? Ami asked bitterly. We can't look for it. We barely have enough money for bus passes. But still, she found herself wondering. Grace had explored all the all over the world. Could the treasure be a lost Egyptian tomb or pirate's gold? Mr. McIntyre had said that prize would make the winners the most powerful human beings on earth. What could do that? And why were they? Why were there exactly thirty-nine clues? She couldn't help being curious. She loved mysteries. When she was younger, she used to pretend her mother was still alive, and they would travel together to archaeological digs. Sometimes Grace would go too, just the three of them together, happily exploring the world. But that was just silly pretending. Too bad, Dan. Grumbled. I love to wipe the smiles off the cobras' faces. Just then, Aunt Beatrice grabbed their arms. Her face was contorted with rage, and her breath smelled like mothballs. You two will do nothing ridiculous. I fully intend to take my million dollars, and you will do the same. Never fear. I'll put it in an account for you until you are adults. I'll only spend the interest. In return, I will allow you to continue as my wards. Amy choked with rage. You, you'll allow us to be your wards. You'll allow us to give you our two million dollars. As soon as she said that, she couldn't believe she'd managed to get the words out, out, out. Beatrice usually scared her to that. Even Dan looked impressed. Watch your place, young lady. Beatrice warned, "Do the responsible thing, or else." Or else what? Dan asked innocently. Beatrice's face turned bright red. Or else, you little upstart! I will disown you and leave you to social services. You will be penniless orphans, and I'll make sure no kahil ever helps you again. This whole business is absurd. You'll take the money and wash your hands off my sister's ridiculous scheme for finding the. She stopped abruptly. Finding the what? Dan asked. Never you mind, Beatrice said with a shock. Amy realized Aunt Beatrice was scared. Just make the right choice, or you will never have my support again. She marched off. Amy looked at Dan, but before she could say anything. Mr. McIntyre rang a little bell. Slowly, the wrangling and arguing in the great hall died down. The assembly took their seats. It is time, Mr. McIntyre said. I must warn you that once the choice is made, there is no turning back, no changing minds. Wait a minute, William Alister O said. This isn't fair. We know almost nothing about the challenge. How are we going to judge whether it is worth the gamble? Mister McIntyre pursed his lips. I am limited in what I can say, sir. You know that the Cahill family is very large, very old. It has many branches. Some of you 
until today did not even realize you were kahils but as madam grace said in her video address this family has been instrumental in shaping human civilization some of the most some of the most important figures in history have in fact been kahils excited muttering filled the room amy amy's mind was racing she had always known the kahils were important a lot of them were rich they oh. they lived all over the world but shaping human civilization she wasn't sure what mr mckendire meant historical figures mr holt bellowed like who like who mr mckendire uh, sorry mr mckendire cleared his throat sir you would be hard pressed to name a major historical figure in the last few centuries who was not a mem- who was not a member of this family abraham lincoln cousin ingrid uh, look at dad abraham lincoln tujhe bolne ka bolo na abraham lincoln cousin ingrid shouted out Eleanor Roosevelt Yes Mr McIntyre said simply and yes a stunned silence fell in the room Oh Harry Houdini Madison Holt shouted Lewis and Clark her sister Regan suggested Yes yes and yes Mr McIntyre said Oh come on Mr Holt yelled that's impossible I agree Uncle Jose said you're putting us on McIntyre I am completely serious the old lawyer assured him and yet all the previous accomplishments of the Cahill clan are nothing compared to the challenge that now faces you it is the time for you to discover the greatest secrets of the Cahills to become the most powerful members of the family in history or to die trying Amy felt something cold and heavy in her stomach like she'd swallowed a cannonball how could she be related to all those famous people how could grace possibly have thought amy could become more powerful than them she got nervous just thinking about it there was no way she had the courage for a dangerous quest but if she and dan didn't accept the challenge she remembered beatrice clenching their arms telling them to take the money beatrice would find a way to 35 <laughs> beatrice would find a way to steal their 2 million dollars amy wouldn't be able to stand up to her they would go back to their dreary little apartment and nothing would change except grace would be gone no weekend trips to look forward to nothing to remember by her amy never thought anything could be worse than where when her parents died but this was she and dan were totally alone the only way out was this crazy idea that they were part of a great historical family part of some mysterious contest amy's hands started to sweat embarking on this quest Mr McIntyre was saying will lead you to the treasure but only one of you will attain it one individual 
His eyes flickered across Amy's face. Or one team will find the treasure. I can tell you no more. I do not myself know where the chase will lead. I can only start you on the path, monitor your progress and provide sm some small measure of guidance. Now, who will choose first? Aunt Beatrice stood. This is ridiculous. Any of you who play the silly game are fools. I'll take the money. Mr. McIntyre nodded. As you wish, madam. As soon as you leave this room, the numbers on your voucher will become active. You may withdraw your money from the Royal Bank of Scotland at your leisure. Who's next? Several more stood up and took the money. Uncle Jose, Cousin Ingrid, a dozen other people Emmy didn't recognize. Each took the green voucher and became an instant millionaire. Then, Ian and Natalie Cabra rose. We accept the challenge, Ian announced. We will work as a team of two. Give us the clue. Very well, Mr. McIntyre said. Your vouchers, please. Ian and Natalie approached the table. Mr. McIntyre took out a silver cigarette lighter and burned the million-dollar papers. In return, he handed Ian and Natalie a manila envelope sealed with red wax. Your, Your first clue. You may not read it until instructed to do so. You, Ian and Natalie Cabra will be team one. Hey, Mr. Holt objected. Our whole family is taking the challenge. We want to be team one. We are number one. The Holt kids started chanting and their pit bull, Arnold, leaped into the air and barked along with them. Okay. We are number one. Three, two, one, go. We are number one. The whole kids started chanting and their pit bull, Arnold, leaped into the air and barked along with them. Mr. McIntyre raised his hand for silence. Very well, Mr. Holt. Your family's vouchers, please. You shall be team. Uh, you shall also be a team. They made the trade, $5 million vouchers for one envelope with a clue, and the holes didn't even bat an eye. As they marched back to their seats, Regan bumped Amy in the sh shoulder. No pain, no gain, wimp. Next, Alistair Host struggled to his feet. Oh, very well. I can't resist a good riddle. I suppose you may call me Team 3? Then the Starling triples rushed forward. They put their vouchers on the table and three million more dollars went up in flames. Duh! Irina Spassky said, I also shall play this game. I work alone. Hey, yo! Wait up! Jo Jonah Wizard sauntered forward like he was pretending to be a sweet punk. The street punk, the way he did, the way he did on. Who wants to be a gangster? 
which was kind of ridiculous since he was worth about a billion dollars and lived in Beverly Hills. I'm all over this. He slapped his voucher on the table. Hand me the clue, Holmes. We'd like to film the contest, his dad piped up. No, Mr. McIntyre said. Because it would make great TV, the dad said. I could talk to the studios about a percentage slip, split. No, Mr. McIntyre insisted. This is not for entertainment, sir. This is a matter of life and death. Mr. McIntyre looked around the room and focused on Amy. Who else? he called. Now is the time to choose, Amy realized. She and Dan were the last ones undecided. Most, most, oh. most of the 40 guests had taken their money. Six teams had taken the challenge. All of them older or richer or seemingly more likely to succeed than Amy and Dan. Aunt Beatrice glared at them, warning them that they were about to get disowned. Ian was smiling snugly. Perhaps you weren't as important to the old woman as you thought, eh? Amy remembered what his annoying sister Natalie had said. Grace just knew they weren't up to the challenge. Amy's face felt hot with shame. Maybe the cabras were right. When the holes turned her brother upside, upside down, she hadn't fought back. When the cabras insulted her, she just stood there, tongue-tied. How could she handle a dangerous quest? But then she heard another voice in her head. You will make me proud, Amy. And suddenly she knew. This was what Grace had been talking about. This was the adventure Amy was supposed to take. If she didn't, she might as well crawl under a rock and hide for the rest of her life. She looked at her brother, despite how annoying he was. Despite how annoying he was, they had always been able to communicate just by looking at each other. It wasn't telepathy or anything, but she could tell what her brother was thinking. It's a lot of money. Dan told her. A lot of awesome baseball cards. Mom and Dad would want us to try. Amy replied with her eyes. This is what Grace wanted us to do. Yeah, but a Babe Ruth and a Mickey Mantle, Ian and Natalie will hate it. Amy coaxed and Aunt Beatrice will probably blow a gasket. A, a smile crept across his face. I guess... Babe Ruth can wait. Amy took his voucher. They walked to the desk together and she picked up Mr. McIntyre's lighter. We're in, she told him. And she sent two million dollars up in smoke. Oh, what are you doing? 